Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of Host Radio. That sounded like a bloody radio advert, didn't it? No, I liked it though. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be terrible at that, realistically. <laughs> um... Today's episode is an interview special. We're going to be hearing from Danny Barkley, our colleague who started at Orbis within the past year and also found out around the same kind of time that she was expecting a new arrival who'll be with us in 2022. So that's hugely exciting. But of course, finding out that you're about to become a parent is an incredibly personal event and is unique for everyone. However, we wanted to sit down and have a discussion with Danny about her story because these were pretty unique circumstances. She found out she was pregnant at almost exactly the same time that she had accepted a job with Orbis. So we've talked about the challenges that come with balancing your career against your family life. With these podcasts, although we're empowered to speak out and give people a voice and give topics like this some awareness, there also needs to be awareness for the people who are suffering in silence. Yeah, I just want to hold my hands up and say, you know, I see you, I hear you, I'm there with you. Like, if this is too much of a painful podcast to listen to, please just switch it off and and listen to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Before we dive in, I wanted to get your perspective on this theme, Hannah, because you can really give us a retrospective, as it were, having been through the process of maternity leave as well as return to work yourself. It was about five years ago I went on maternity leave, almost exactly actually. I was 25 um, and in my first proper job in recruitment. It boggles my mind that you were 25 and you are a functioning parent because I'm 24 and I can barely take care of myself. (laughs) But obviously um, that's quite a journey and being in your first, what you would describe as like your first big or serious job as well, was that like a big fork in the road you didn't expect at that point? No, I really wanted Arlo in my life and I have always had this inner craving to be a mother, but I have also had an inner craving to be super successful with my career and to work really hard. You're faced with a lot of decisions that you you wouldn't have anticipated beforehand although it was such a whirlwind to go through at the time, finding out that you're pregnant and being so dedicated to your job and what you thought your career would be immediately, it's almost like an instinct, your maternal instinct kicks in and you're immediately this outrageously protective mother lion. That's the only way I can describe it. Your priorities just turn on their head and your whole world turns upside down but in a positive sense it's just a different direction to what you might have planned before I mean I say this a lot but it really is expectation versus reality with these things Um, there is a lot of unknown around having a baby for the first time I wanted to do something with my life and I wanted to make a name for myself and achieve something I didn't want to grow old and look back and feel like I'd sacrificed any parts of what I could do as a strong woman. So I I want to have kids. I want to have a big career. You know, I want to travel. I want to see new places. I want to meet new people and learn so many new things. Yeah. And things, this is so impressive to me because you have it successfully done so. And I think that Danny, who we're going to obviously be hearing from, is very similar to you in that you're obviously both thrilled and blessed to be a mum or have the opportunity to now be becoming a mother. Um, But you're also both, as you said, incredibly career driven. And I think it's very bold and it's very challenging to essentially have to turn around to society and say all these things you're trying to get me to choose between I'm actually going to take all of them thank you very much because I don't think I should have to pick because it's very arbitrary how we kind of presented with this is this one life you've got and there's a certain amount of room in it so you've got to balance your priorities and the main one I think overwhelmingly for women is there's only enough of you to share out to a family and parenthood or to your career so like yeah. you better decide pretty early on and I don't believe that it's true like obviously you're an example that that's not true and both can successfully be done in tandem and I think that becomes ex- increasingly possible and increasingly true 
as the world continues to change and we are lucky to live in the day and age that we do rather than at some point in history when we would not have had that opportunity um but I just think internally that experience is interesting as well because obviously as much as we should be able to and we can balance the two family and career there are still major commitments of our time and our emotional energy and the decisions that we make day to day so is there still even though you're kind of having it all and getting what you want out of both worlds is there still a tension of um having to not pit one against the other but like spread yourself a bit thin yeah I think so I think that's really interesting actually I think there's various perspectives on this and I would be lying if I didn't admit that I have been asked to compromise on my motherhood and my career before you know, like it's very hard for people to accept that I want to be both. I want to be a strong, present mother for my child, but I don't want to have to compromise my career for that. And I don't think I should have to. Fathers are, like you say, in society, typically not asked of that. A lot of mums in particular are going out there and pointing out that when you're out or at work, People tend to ask, you know, oh, where's where's Arlo today? Where's your child today? Dads mm. are never asked that. Yeah. Like, you, you because never... Because the mindset is, oh, well, they should be with mum. If they're not, where are they? <laughs> because the likelihood isn't that the dad is the stay-at-home one, I guess. That's what we're used to. Yeah, exactly. For instance, at work, we've had quite a few pregnancy announcements recently. And a lot of people are asking Danny and some of the other females in the business what they would do with maternity leave. Are they coming back to work? What are their views on motherhood versus their career? Has anyone asked the dads to be? We're within a very interesting time where these expectations and questions are adapting and changing, um, which is which is something that I really love. And it's yeah. really great to see. No, I agree. It's definitely it's it's a, a weird um, sort of flux period of time that we're in where things are changing day to day um, and the culture is different depending on where you are and who you talk to. And I think we are actually as a company, we're quite a good example in that we are aware of all those different perspectives and potentials and what people's choices might be. Um, but it's still true that, as you just said, even here, I don't think I've heard anyone ask one of the men in the business who's just announced they're about to become a father, are you going to come back to work? Would it be that one of the fathers, for example, in our team, wouldn't turn around and say, I've just realised I absolutely love being a parent and I want to spend every minute of my day with these kids because they're great and I'm really good at being a dad and that's what I want to do more than my career. And I think more power to the ones that do. It's just so strange that we don't expect it and therefore we don't even ask them because when you don't even ask, you're almost stifling the option. Yeah, totally. In a female's career, in this changing time that we're in, women are so much more empowered now and women are going into leadership roles. Women are outranking their partners more than ever now. Without being heteronormative about it, the person that's pregnant might not necessarily be the person that earns less. Therefore, if they're the person that earns more, maybe they are the one that goes back to work. There is that expectation put on women in particular who are only just recently in society gaining that respect as leaders and breadwinners, so to speak. It's interesting. I think that in the past we've really seen pregnancy, motherhood and <laughs> sacrificing your job. Again, that's the that's a separate discussion. But we've seen pregnancy and motherhood and the stay at home parenting as all part and parcel of the same thing um, and part and parcel of your biology, because like one of you has to be the one to physically carry the child. Right. But then, like, as an example, in my relationship, I am an owner of a uterus. My partner is not. So if we were ever having a child, I'd be the one physically pregnant. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm the one that wants to be the stay at home parent. And also in this example, I'm the one that earns more at this moment in time. So it wouldn't make sense for us right now to say, right, OK, well, 
that's those are the boxes we fit into so I guess I'll quit my job or or I'll at least not do it for a year like I think because our roles are a lot more fluid now in terms of gender especially if we're talking about the example of a heterosexual relationship here those examples aren't as rigid and those roles aren't binary now so it just depends on circumstances so much more the traditional process of maternity leave into stay-at-home mum is no longer obvious yes I totally agree okay so another question for you Hannah this is a question as a woman but also someone just in the professional world because you may have seen examples of this from colleagues what are some times or some ways that you think employers often fail women in terms of that moment of saying I'm pregnant I'm going off on maternity leave and the reception that they get I think it's expectations and assumptions fail us as employers. A woman sat down announcing that she's pregnant is not her way of telling you that she's going to become a stay-at-home mum and that all of her priorities changed and her identity has changed because most of the time it's not the case. And some women, I think, have a fear of sharing news about their pregnancy purely because of those immediate assumptions and immediate judgments that might be put upon them by others. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I think that that point about assumptions and um I'm pregnant doesn't mean I'm about to become a stay-at-home mum. That resonates with me actually because I think that there is a certain level of fear, even hypothetically for me, because I'm not in this situation. But I think a lot of women, um, maybe early on in their careers as well, when they don't know whether this is going to be part of their future, whether they want to be a parent, probably experience this anxiety because there is a kind of perception or an atmosphere that saying to your employer, guys, I need to tell you something, I'm pregnant, is the same as saying, guys, we've got to talk, I'm quitting my job. And they are not the same statement, but they carry some of the same weight and response. Because I think if you fail to, you know, react as a human and be happy for the person and focus on the positives, then from an employer's perspective, you can fall straight into the hole of what's this going to mean for us? We're going to have to cover this person on maternity. What if they don't come back? We're going to have to find someone else to fill their role. And obviously, that's a very clinical and a very um, a very business centric way of viewing what is actually just a joyous life event for someone that you know and work with. So obviously, try and just be positive about it. And I think that people who get on and work absolutely are that way. But it can happen the other way. And I think that's why the anxiety is there, because we don't want to be put in a position where everyone around us immediately starts like basically writing off our future at the company the future of our career because sometimes suddenly we've become a question mark it's like when you're (laughs) when you're a young not pregnant woman everyone's like oh okay great you've got all these years ahead of you to like climb up the ranks of of this job or whatever it is that you do and then as soon as you're a pregnant woman in that job it's like oh okay well we're gonna bank on you not being here just in case because well chances are you'll change your mind and not come back and like I don't know what the statistics are but plenty of women come back or have the intention to and that should be the only thing you're concerned with at that point in time because it's it's an unknown in their future they probably aren't able to make that decision yet but if they might want to come back to their job then I think you owe it to them to behave as if they will and trust in that. Yeah I don't think as an employer you should be able to have the control over someone's future especially when it comes to things like that. If, if people do decide that they want to be a full-time parent or that they'd rather a different role so that they can better manage a parenting lifestyle and a career, then that's up to them. And that's something that companies can't control. And as a leader, you need to accept that. You would not believe though, Olivia, the nightmares I've heard from before with ex-colleagues and friends. Um, they've had... They've actually been taken out um, for lunch by their managers before and tested with alcohol or sushi or different things that you're advised not to eat or drink when you're pregnant. Yeah. To try and sniff out pregnant employees. This is when they've not even announced it. Yes. (laughs) To try and 
yeah it's almost blackmailing women to admit to their pregnancies it's so old school but it's it's actually disgusting to think of it now but it has happened yeah I mean I don't doubt that it has happened and the thing is it comes back to that double standard we discussed before in terms of fathers and paternity leave like in a world where we treated it exactly the same and a man came into work and said my partner's fallen pregnant we're going to be parents we're so excited and their employers immediately went oh okay great well if you decide to come back that's great you're welcome and if not let's just talk about it further down the road so they are working on the assumption that this male employee might decide to become a stay-at-home parent as much as they would with a woman then Mm -hmm. in that world the double standard wouldn't be there if there was no double standard then women wouldn't be suffering from what is basically discrimination it's why it's one of the historic reasons that women struggle to get into that employment and to get up to more senior levels of that employment because there is a mindset within employers of uncertainty and that women maybe are not this is terrible <laughs> what i'm about to say but women are not <laughs> as good of a, a safe bet like as a, a long-term deal that you make between an employer and an employee because there's that level of well She's a woman, though, so she might at any time leave to become a mum. But we don't think uh, this man might at any time leave to become a father. And we need to be viewing it in exactly the same way, because I think when you just level the playing field like that, that's the only realistic way to erase that kind of discrimination in the workplace. Yeah. And I think looping back to Danny's interview when you sat down with her, this is why her story is so interesting because she was faced with one of the most unique circumstances where she fell pregnant and she had all these decisions to make and she'd been offered a job with our business. Yeah. There must have been questions in her head around what their judgments would be. Would she be faced with loads of assumptions? I cannot imagine the the crazy thoughts that must have been chucked around her head when she found out and when all of this was sort of landing on her lap. You know, it Mm -hmm. came out of nowhere, didn't it? The job offer, pregnancy all at once. And I'm thrilled for Danny. And she is an excellent asset to Orbis. Gosh, she's good at her job. But I'm so happy to have witnessed her and to hear her chat with you about her experience with Orbis and the reality of it. Because as we've said before, it is very much expectation versus reality with these things and a huge depth of unknown that you're diving into. I find it really interesting with Danny because although she doesn't have all the answers to her decisions just yet, and that's absolutely fine, but also to witness how Orbis react to it and how my colleagues supported her through it. I am so proud of us and I'm so proud of the reactions that she was faced with. The assumptions were totally thrown out of the window and she has not been judged by anyone, which is just so refreshing to hear and to see in front of my own eyes. That's so lovely to hear you say as well, because um, it's cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway, that Orbis, we're one of those teams that kind of act like a big family because people really care about each other, especially lots of you guys who have like years worth of history of working together. Um, And when someone new joins the company in a team like that, who are really close, it's like someone marrying into a family. So you basically want to like just really, really put the effort into welcome them accept them support them when they are going to feel potentially a little bit intimidated by like the existing bonds that exists there in that group of people and obviously that's happened really successfully for Danny even though there was the added um obstacle of I'm going to drop this bombshell now and I've only just got here which obviously I'm sure she would ideally have liked to have spread those things out a little bit more but that's how it happened and I mean we're massively happy for her that it has basically her doubts and then the reality she was faced with were it was very much the antidote to the worries she probably had. Yeah totally that's why I find Danny's story so interesting. Absolutely and it was lovely to sit down with her and talk about that because obviously she expressed a lot of the worries and doubts she did go through and then the story of how the response she got from Orbis and from the team was the perfect antidote to that was really lovely to hear about so we can dive into that interview now.
Welcome back to Host Radio, I'm Olivia, and today there's no Hannah, I know you'll all be bereft at her absence, but here to more than make up for it is very special guest, Danny Barkley. The two of us are recording from the London office today, so you may hear a little bit of background noise. To introduce Danny quickly, she's our global senior talent partner at Orbis, has a fascinating career history, including a two-year stint abroad in New York, which she was kind enough to chat to me about previously for a host blog, which proved very popular, so I'll pop the link to that blog in the show notes for you guys to check out. But most importantly, Danny is currently expecting a new arrival, so I'd like to open this interview with a big congratulations. Oh, thanks. <laughs> How are you doing today, Danny? How's everything going? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, nice to come into the London office and definitely a busy day today, so pumped for that. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, yeah, no, it is actually feeling quite, I mean, it's still quieter than it used to be around the office, but I suppose busy in terms of a lot of us seem to be here and there's lots yeah. going on, so <laughs> that's, that is really nice. It's good to be busy, isn't it? Um, so... I'm going to dive in with my first question, and that is, would you tell us about the moment that this big change started for you and the story of finding out that you'd be expecting a little one this year? So, completely unexpected. Um, Definitely wasn't something that I thought I'd be finding out when just obviously joining a new employer, for one. I've had, like, previous complications, and to be honest, it was something that... I personally didn't think was actually going to happen for me. When obviously finding out, and also finding out how far along I was, I was absolutely mind blown. Just to kind of rewind a little bit there, I had absolutely no symptoms. Um, I had no idea that I was pregnant. I always had situations where periods would be a little bit messed up with previous situations. Um, so it just wasn't anything that I was expecting to hear. Had a blood test, doctors were like, uh, have you done a pregnancy test? And I was My like, God. no. And then, yeah, it turned out that I was 13 weeks pregnant. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, So, yeah, it was a very surprising but exciting time in my life, basically. So, for someone with no sort of frame of reference for pregnancy, is 13 weeks quite quite far along? Because it's 12 about the time where you're like, okay, great, this is we start telling people that yeah. kind of phase. <laughs> yeah, so, like, 12 weeks is typically, like, the safe point mm-hmm. that people say, obviously... You, you are told not to tell anyone prior to that. So it was like I kind of skipped all of that. Mm. So it was nice in a sense because having gone through some of the things that I had done in the past, like I didn't necessarily have that worry of waiting for that 12 weeks. It was like, oh, I'm already past it. Okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Take some of the anxiety out, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And as crazy as this is going to sound, not having symptoms definitely caused anxiety as well. Like when people look at pregnancy, like I see fatigue, morning sickness, tiredness, like all kinds of different things. Not having any of that, I was like, is it even there? <laughs> it was yeah. a bit of a, it was quite hard to adjust to the idea of things, I think, initially. Especially if you hadn't expected to be pregnant potentially ever, because this mm-hmm. is something I really was really interested to ask you, which is basically, if you hadn't necessarily planned your future with children and a family in it, mm-hmm. and obviously you kind of balanced those expectations against your career expectations and what your plans are, yeah. did it completely change your sense of balance or what your plans were or did you just think okay great I'm now combining two big life changes all in one yeah so I mean obviously we, you mentioned about the fact that I'd had this stint out in America mm-hmm. and prior to COVID like every single month that was going by it was like I'm getting back to New York I'm getting back to New York and even accepting this job it was with the mindset that obviously I support the US business and eventually look to relocate back so that was always the plan like my biggest decision was do I have a shotgun wedding with my partner to get him over there with me Mm -hmm. or what's the situation? And then obviously baby comes into the mix and it kind of changed everything. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it was a lot to process. I would say in the first sort of few weeks and obviously Mm. I was so new here. I mean, we joined pretty much at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Within about a week. And then I was like, so, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like such an overwhelming like process to go through. Like, I think that I would find that insanely stressful, but you seem like really positive about it. Yeah, I think, again, it just kind of comes down to when it's something that you're not really expecting, it can go one of two ways. But given the kind of history that I've had, it was obviously like a blessing to me. So yeah. as much as it was like a, oh my good God, what am I going to do? It was a, ah. 
Yeah, such a relief moment, yeah. obviously. And obviously, if it's something that you'd hoped for as well, then absolutely yeah. a blessing. Like, it just outweighs the other stuff, doesn't it, completely? Yeah. Um, but obviously, you mentioned how it did coincide with starting with a new employer. And I kind of imagine, based on negative experiences that many women have had over the years and decades, was there some anxiety involved in telling your new employer as well, You know, especially considering they were so new, about this change in your life? And if you don't mind telling us what that conversation was like. I was so nervous. Like I can't explain how many times I kind of practised it through and was like talking to my family and things and I was just like this is not what I was expecting to have to say so soon and to be honest like I've worked for other businesses where I 100% don't think I would have felt as comfortable telling them as I did here Um, and I think the reason for that is I looked at the bigger picture so Mm -hmm. if you look at like the leadership team how many of them are parents right yeah so I got that sense when even interviewing here without even knowing that that could have been a future conversation for me. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've got the whole flexibility, working from home, like a lot of the people here that have got families, if you look at the flexibility of their lifestyle here, it's crazy. So it's like, it's really good and supportive. So that's how I kind of calm myself down because I was like, these are normal people who look at life situations and accept it for what it is and figure out how we're going to make it work so I wasn't that worried when obviously telling them so it was nervous Um, it was nervous I was anxious (laughs) at first nervous obviously but yeah it was a it was an easy conversation to have and Jo's reaction was amazing like she was like probably more excited than I was at the time (laughs) um and she was like this is amazing and it just instantly in that very first like five seconds of having that conversation I was like (sighs) yeah yeah. Um, but I think the hardest part was obviously not telling the team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we had so many socials, and I really, really wanted to be there. And obviously, I did come for a little while, but then it was the not drinking and not drawing attention to myself in that sense. And I also started getting a bit worried about, am I going to gel with the team more? Because obviously, a lot of the time in a social environment, you're having drinks, you're having a laugh, you'd stay out longer and I kind of had, didn't have that opportunity but again was pleasantly surprised like when I, when I told everyone I can't explain how many people were like oh my god and that's yeah. super happy for me and like they check in with me every week they're like how's baby how are you <laughs> and we all want so to know because nice. we're so excited we're getting to have another Orbis baby on, on the team um but oh my gosh have I told you that we've just had some baby grows what? No! <laughs> Top secret. But I think that that's a really important point to come back to, though, because mm. the culture that we have here at August yeah. is just, like you said, driven by the fact that these are normal people mm-hmm. with real lives and families of their own, and just there is an understanding that that is important and that a balance is essential. 100%. So I think... Obviously, the response was really positive, and I can actually remember a meeting because you mentioned how Joe was really excited for you. And I remember we had a little gathering on our team, and mm-hmm. you were saying, "Obviously, I would like to like that." That was a bit of an unexpected um, spanner in the works or whatever. And she was like, "But it's amazing news, Danny!" And like, obviously, we all feel the same. Like yeah. everyone's just so happy for each other, actually, in general, on yeah, our no, team. Definitely. Um, So since you have a great example of a positive reaction from an employer and a really welcoming, supportive culture, what is it that you'd recommend to other employers in this situation, possibly based on more negative examples that Mm. you've seen or or heard of in the past, um, in terms of ways to communicate with employees who are maybe heading off on maternity leave or who are announcing a big life change like this? Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest and important thing is is just accepting how overwhelming this experience probably is for that person and just being supportive and a human being um is the most easiest way to look at this like if well not everybody but a lot of people go through this situation right in their life and i'm sure a lot of the people that are running businesses or work in recruitment have families so it's just taking that and realizing that everybody's experiences are very different Mm -hmm. you might be comfortable with going straight back to work and being in full-time constantly and stuff but not everybody else is and especially from a women's perspective like it's our prerogative to want to be a mother right yeah so it's just being more supportive around the emotions of that there's so many things that can happen through pregnancy I for one have had ridiculously increased anxiety Mm -hmm. and I can't 
speak loud enough about how supportive the guys have been. Um, even Craig and Wayne, like when they found out, um, they took me into a room and just hugged me. And they were like, oh. I'm so happy for you. Um, that's so sweet, but that's very them as well. Like they're not like cold, distant <laughs> bosses who are like, oh, I can't talk to you about your life, only about no. work. They're not like that. Exactly. And then they were talking to me about their experiences of becoming fathers and like what it's been like for them and stuff. And like the first thing they said was, how can we support you? Let yeah. us know what we need to do. And that is definitely the sort of actions that everyone I think in businesses should be taking for people in similar situations but not just for women for um, fathers as well yeah that's such a good point because I was about to lead on to that especially in light of there were a lot of fathers on our team so they have a great perspective but in terms of your plans for maternity and paternity yeah. are you noticing like whether there's a disparity there like do you think dads in general are not as well supported as women or that there perhaps isn't that expectation because it could be thought of as a negative generalisation as well, I suppose, mm. on the flip side, that we assume women are likely to prioritise family and having children more than men, or yeah. that they're going to shoulder most of the devotion of their time and the need to be off work, because obviously there is the pregnancy, and there's yeah. a phase of that you can't be working, yeah. and then there's the brand new baby. <laughs> but then we there's maybe an assumption that women... Um, come back to work later than dads. Like, dads get less paternity leave historically. So what is your feeling on that, basically? Like, if you were to ask my partner, he actually wants to be the one that's on paternity. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for him, he knows that I'm instantly going to want to come back to work, like, quite quickly, whereas he's a lot more content with the idea of being a stay-at-home dad for a while. Yeah. Um, But I think that there should be some equality in that side. Yes, it's a man's prerogative to a certain degree. They want to be the breadwinner. They want to be the one supporting the family. And in history, like, that is how it's always been. But it's not always the case. I mean... Look at us power women, eh? <laughs> exactly. And when you were talking then, I was thinking it's so interesting. We're quite similar examples of people that obviously put more investment maybe into our career, especially because it depends on what plans you have at a certain time in your life. But in my relationship, I'm very much the same, theoretically not having kids or plans for, for children anytime <laughs> soon. But I, I'm always a bit like, if we ever did start doing like kids, a house, two dogs, that's all you. Like I'll, yeah. I'll be carrying on working and you can like stay at home and do the dad thing. And he's so totally content with that as well. Yeah. So it does seem like maybe there is a big culture shift happening. Mm. Um, so you don't like... Obviously, I very much doubt it because of the supportive culture we have here. But elsewhere, it could happen. So, like, you have you experienced any kind of doubts about what is that break of maternity leave going to do in terms of my career and how I feel about it? And also, like, what's the future going to look like? Just because it's a big unknown. Do yeah. you feel like it's easy to balance, basically? It's definitely easy to balance here. Like, there's not one part of me that's, like, concerned about me being off and what I'm coming back to. I'm really excited to see how like much it's different when I come back yeah. though. Um, but me in myself, I know that I'm going to have these keep in touch days. I love knowing what's mm-hmm. going on. I love knowing if we've got new people joining. I don't care who it's come from or where it's come from. I'm super excited when I hear we've got new stars. So for me, it's just like, I think my biggest adjustment is going to have to be to take that step back yeah. and to switch off. Um, but Having said that, life changes so quickly. The second mm. that baby's here, work's probably going to be the absolutely last thing on my mind. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> um, but I know that I'll obviously want to keep in contact and stuff. And the guys have constantly reassured me of like yeah. my position here and how much they can't wait for me to come back and things. So, yeah. Um, but I suppose the managers are probably going to love having some peace and quiet because... <laughs> I'm constantly on their cases. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, oh, thank God, she's gone for It's a it. Danny free zone. <laughs> no. I mean, I think that you, honestly, you sound like someone who is so um, positive and embracing of change. Because mm. to me, I think that would be the intimidating part. That yeah. when I come back, time has passed, our thing's going to be different. Obviously, we'll keep you updated. And, yeah. and you'll <laughs> probably be chatting to us all the time. As much as we'll be reminding you to, like, switch off and enjoy yeah. being at home with, with new baby and everything. Um, but what about that return to work process? Because I don't know how much it's like set in stone what the plan is, but I was thinking about the time frame. When is it you'll be coming back? I mean, I suppose that might not be actually set down in writing. I don't know how the whole process works, basically. (laughs) No, that's fine. So, I mean, um, obviously every place has different maternity policies and stuff, and obviously that was another thing that I was 
super worried about obviously when you join a new employer obviously terms are a little bit different in regards to like maternity cover but we've talked through the different plans and stuff and like different things that we can do in the background where I'm still very much supported um, and things like keeping touch days um, and also the adjustment of coming back like do I want to alter my hours do I want to do a few days a week rather than committing to a full week um, do I want to do ad hoc so that it's like if I've got a spare few hours and I want to jump on send some messages and help support the guys or someone reaches out to me not knowing that I'm on maternity or whatever it might be that I can still have that and also still be involved but not have that commitment of crap I need to go back full time now which I think is really really amazing like I've not heard of a business being that flexible with let me know what you need and we'll figure it out yeah (laughs) that sounds like a great plan to me because the thing is Things are changing, but like you said, it's rare for a business to maybe go to the extent that you've just described of giving all of these options. But then that should be so much more common, I think, because like life is not always planned. You're going into an unknown, like many things are unknown and this is a big change in life. So obviously it's a huge example. So I think it's like once you get there, you know which of those options is going to, to suit you. Exactly. So it could be that I'm, I'm only off for the six weeks or it could be I'm off for three months, six months, who knows? Right now we're just um, seeing, hopefully we should have um, my partner's mum here as well at the beginning. So that'd be quite nice. Um, but then I also need to put it into my head just because I've got extra hands doesn't mean that I have to work. <laughs> yes, 100%. Like, just enjoy the time is the main thing, I think. Yeah. I, if anyone that knows me, I can't sit still. Um, yeah. I can't, if, even on the weekends, most people would think with how far along in the pregnancy I am now, like, I'm, I've only got, like, just under nine weeks left. Which Gosh, yes, yeah, that feels like a short time. Yeah. And every weekend, I'm, I'm literally, from the minute I wake up to the minute I'm going to bed, like doing housework I'm going out I'm making plans with friends I'm going out for food still I'm on the go constantly I I'm not someone that can just sit yeah I understand be at home it freaks me out <laughs> I'm quite similar in like switching off I'm always I think me and Hannah have had this this type of discussion as well where it's like you just feel this need to be productive like whether that's like socially productive or just doing like fun stuff or like domestic life admin or whether it's something to do with work or something creative and um, I think that comes hand in hand of being very career driven but I also wonder if maybe obviously being in like the later stages of pregnancy and getting ready to go into maternity leave and having a new baby and putting all of your time into that do you think part of you is like let's do like everything else that I can before that stage because I know it's going to change yeah um like my partner keeps telling me off I'm like we'll have like a spare evening or something and I've got all this energy I'm like should we go for dinner should we go bowling should we do this and he's like Danny chill out so you can sit down (laughs) (laughs) but it's also like he's like I don't know who you think you are because we're not ballers anymore we've got a baby and I'm like oh yeah (laughs) yeah but in my head it's like I've got this time and life is going to change so dramatically so while I still feel so full of beans and ready to go make the most of it but then that's such a selfish way of looking at it because I'm still going to have a life when the baby's here yeah I don't think it's selfish at all with the babies yeah (laughs) and I was I was actually just going to say that that I think it seems like a big change is looming and like to me change is something that's really scary I think that you have a really healthy attitude towards it (laughs) but also like that's the person you are. I don't think yeah. that that changes like when you have it. There's probably just going to be like a little tiny Danny that you can take around with yeah. you everywhere <laughs> who also wants to go bowling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wants to constantly be out, but then that's also going to get quite knackering. Imagine yeah. his, his bedtime routine is I have to take him for a 10-mile walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, no, but it'd be so lovely. So on this topic, here is our armchair expert segment. This always comes with the caveat that I have literally Googled this information, so you can do so yourself in order to fact check me. But here is what I have been able to find out. Something I think is really interesting is that Google autocomplete and common searches, in my opinion, can often be more revealing than the results themselves because it has a way of tapping into a majority mindset or a consensus of opinions or doubts because this is where people go with their questions when they don't know who else to ask. So in this case, commonly searched questions around the theme of maternity leave are, why is maternity leave bad? Does maternity leave affect your career? And how can I cope with going back to work after maternity leave? 
And Hannah, I don't know what your opinion on this is, but when I see these commonly searched queries, I just think that women should be getting this reassurance and this information from somewhere else. And ideally, it would be their employer before they're having to go away and and doubt these things, such as if I go off on maternity leave, is it going to have a really detrimental effect on my career plans? When you find out you're pregnant, I think these questions are inevitable. They go flying around your head. And I would be super interested to see what Google has to say for that and what kind of answers are out there. I'm sure that people have chimed in on the forums and everybody is going to have an alternative perspective on this and alternative opinions. But from an employer's perspective, I think it would be wise to be able to talk about these things with any expectant mothers and embrace what their thoughts are on it as well. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, Google does have some answers, some of which were unexpected for me. These are things that I don't think we're discussing enough in everyday life because some of these facts I was unaware of. For instance, if um, you are put at risk of redundancy during that period of your maternity leave, you have the right to be offered an alternative suitable vacancy. And I did not know that that was the case. It's also the case that upon your return to work, it's your right to request a change to your hours, days or the location that you work in. And this is something that you should then, of course, discuss with your employer when you return to your position. But it should never be treated as the case that your return to employment is conditional on you going straight back into that existing working pattern. And I think this is one of the unknowns or one of the assumptions that leads to that anxiety um, that women may experience if they don't have these answers going into that experience. Some of the other interesting um, small print is that maternity pay and maternity leave are different things. And I think this legal jargon and um, the finer points of this stuff can be what's really intimidating for people, especially if you're not a type of person that deals with this kind of content and writing and contractual issues in your everyday job. But they can be a bit more dense to understand for some of us than for others. Um, but maternity pay and leave are different. The pay is the 39 weeks in the UK, this is the case anyway, of remuneration that everyone is entitled to, whereas leave just refers to your right to return to work with that same employer after a certain period of time that you're on maternity leave. So that simply ends with your contract or it would only end with your contract. If, for instance, it was a fixed term position, say you're uh, covering or you're in a job for a six month period, and that period ends uh, is determined to end at a time which then falls during your maternity leave, then that would that would then that would end your right to return to work with that employer, of course, after your maternity leave, but it would not end your entitlement to maternity pay. I think that's one of those complexities that's really important to understand if you're faced with that situation, especially if you've never been through this before, especially if these aren't things that are explained to you. And I think it hugely empowers women when we know this kind of information and non-renewal of fixed term contracts is at least in some circumstances considered as a dismissal. So you do also have the right to ask for a reason for that dismissal. And in any situation, no matter your contract, if the reason for a dismissal is quoted as being because of your pregnancy, then you have a claim for the unfairness of that dismissal legally, because the employer can't do that, of course. Amongst all of these rights, I think they're super interesting because even I wasn't aware of them and I've, I've had a child and I've been on maternity leave. Um, I, I also think that as an employer, as it's it's just as important for the women in your workplace to feel part of the culture inflicting employer rights on your employer or employee there is a sense of insensitivity about it you would hope that they would want to make these answers very clear to you and they would want to be very supportive although this this stuff is super important and it is highly recommended to understand what your rights are it's also super important for you to feel like you are part of that company's culture and that you are an important asset to the team and that your leaders would want to avoid a dismissal, unfair dismissal, and they would want to avoid um, any unfair decisions being made regarding your contract. I'm sure yeah. a lot of businesses would want to remain transparent and honest and to make these decisions together with you. 
I think this comes back to the idea that policy and culture are two separate things. And, it, you know, a, an employer or a company can have terrible policy, nothing written down on paper, be really not very good at that legal side of things, but actually have an amazingly inclusive culture, really good communication within the team, and everyone knows what page they're on, and actually things can work out okay. And if it's the flip side of that, and the policy on paper is what it should be, but the culture is terrible and you don't actually think or feel that you can talk realistically about your expectations or your needs as an employee or an employer can't talk to you about what their expectations are, then I think that's where the whole thing falls apart. So I agree that whilst it is empowering for us to be aware of what our rights are, especially if we're going to have to tackle a challenging situation, what you should really come back to is assess whether you trust in that employer, assess whether their ethos is good. Your experience with them should be positive. And if they're leading in the right way with the right attitude, then it safeguards against so many of these things more than your legal rights do even. The final part of my armchair expert research that I found were some interesting statistics from betterup.com on reasons that mothers don't take more time off for maternity leave than they do. And 84% of women surveyed stated that finances were their primary reason. 35% said it was fear of losing their job if they took a break. 15% said it was fear of not being able to advance in their career. And then 11% said that it was fear of becoming irrelevant in their careers. And I think that it's really telling that all of these are fairly significant options and feelings among the community that have been polled here. But the, the fear of becoming irrelevant or the fear of not being able to advance further, which are, of course, major fears to have, actually came second to the more immediate fear of literally losing your job as a result of taking maternity leave or taking a break from your job or career. And of course, there should be legal safeguarding in place so that this can't happen. But from a psychological standpoint, it's a very, very real fear. I mean, I don't know how you might want to pitch in on whether you ever experienced that and what you think is necessary to make sure that women aren't feeling this fear and using it as a reason to not take off the maternity leave that maybe they need. I think those results are frightening. Um, fear of becoming irrelevant would probably be the top for me personally. When I was pregnant with Arlo, my manager at the time was actually pregnant too. So my situation was very unique for me. I could be very transparent with her and speak to her quite openly about my intentions to return to work. But I had 10 months off with Arlo and that's far more time than some mothers are privileged to get with their kids. I don't have all the answers, but my advice would be sharing your intentions will be able to provide your leaders with answers that they may feel that they can't ask so that they can ensure that you've got a strong position remaining at the business when you decide to return to work. They might decide that actually in order to support you, there may be a better way to design their team structure, the workload, the projects, the timelines on things, depending on what industry you're in. They may be able to accommodate for your time off so you can walk back into work more easily. I think that's such a good point. I just want to touch very quickly on the fact that um, you said you were going through that experience of pregnancy at the same time as a colleague and that meant you could talk really openly about that. And I think obviously that's so valuable to just have no anxiety about what you can share and what you can't. For instance, around other people that are pregnant, presumably you feel like you can say, look, it's just hard because I'm being sick all morning or I just feel uncomfortable. My boobs have got bigger, so none of my smart clothes fit me. So I don't want to go to client meetings and I don't feel confident, whatever. And anything that it might be, because, of course, these are every experience is going to be different for every pregnant woman. But it's just very interesting, the contrast that if you're around no colleagues with that experience in common who are pregnant or who've been through pregnancy, or even if it was in an all male team, for instance, maybe you wouldn't feel as comfortable sharing those things. But then I do think that we just have to break down those taboos, as silly as it may seem, to talk about certain stuff. I think that educating each other and our colleagues and our employers about what our 
real lived experiences being a new parent being one your health being one for instance can actually help us to like integrate the policy and the considerations that we need so for instance we might say uh, employers might find based on the experiences that their employees share that actually uh, people want to stay in work closer up to their due date than they are it's just that they need to work from home or they need to flex their hours more and so if we can make it possible for them to do that it actually massively benefits everyone yeah just circling back to that point you made about working with fellow pregnant women versus working in an all-male team for instance Mm -hmm. I think that was really interesting because I remember when I told the team that I was pregnant with Arlo I did feel like I was put in a box and it was a new box that I I wasn't used to and there, I've seen quite a lot of conversation in the world of being a mum. The overarching question of did you lose your identity when you became mm. a mother? And I think that question actually needs to be adapted within the workplace. Did you lose your identity when you became pregnant? Reverting back to those judgments and assumptions that people make, they immediately put you in this this box of, oh, she's pregnant. It's almost like you have a ticking time bomb strapped to your belly when really you are still the same person when you're in a team like it shouldn't matter whether you're pregnant or not Mm. like in the like like, although it's lovely to have thoughtful colleagues looking out for you and supporting you through a tricky time when you've got those really nasty pregnancy symptoms it's also it's also not when you want them to ignore it and just treat you like you rather than a pregnant person Yeah, there are times where you want to come to work. You don't want to lose your whole identity as a person. You don't want to be the pregnant person in the corner. I'm sure Danny at the moment wants to be just as part of the team than anybody else. Just because she's pregnant doesn't make her somebody totally different to who Danny is. Yeah, it's just to avoid the label. So having had some insights, both from Danny and from Hannah, and some from me, having not been through any of this experience, but having found some of the information online, it's great to be informed, to empower ourselves, and to lean into a supportive culture at work, hopefully where we have them. But our bottom line is everyone's different, and you need to remember that this may be an overwhelming experience, and it's also unique to you. So whatever you're going through, be kind to yourself, and let the unknown happen. 